Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone, wherever you're watching, listening to this uh, video podcast. This is England is Burning for Tuesday, May 11th, 2021, from the ATL, from Georgia, from the U.S. of A. This is your Arsenal weekly feature show, and we have today back by popular demand, Josh from the Islington Gazette to talk about Arsenal women and talk about what happened on Sunday and talk about the road ahead uh, for Arsenal, at least in the next week. Josh, welcome back to the program. Hey, Keith. How are you? I'm doing really well. How are things uh, where you are? Yeah, yeah. All good. Um, busy, but there's a Another WSL season that's that's been and gone, so just got to plan ahead now until the summer, really. <laughs> yeah, we got to get through the summer, but but we're not quite, you know, we're not quite done with it yet. Uh, <laughs> we're not quite done with uh, with with it yet, and we got some things going on in the summer too. We got the Olympics and transfers and things like that happening as well. Uh, but we got some, we can talk about that. So so let so one of the things that uh you know i'm from the united states and we have weird uh end of season formats and playoffs and weird stuff where everyone gets to qualify for playoffs and the end of the season the actual regular season really doesn't sometimes doesn't mean much of anything uh as you may well know as a, as a watcher of, of, of sports in the u.s um you know particularly like mls for example where pretty much every team makes it to the playoffs or in mexico when every team makes it to the playoffs uh so my favorite thing about english football and about is the fact that at the last Sunday or last Saturday of the of the regular season, every game is played exactly the same time because it, they all mean something. And one of the things is is that one of the things I'm really proud of and really happy about for this WSL season as it now closes is the fact that there were you know half the games, if not most of the matches that were played on Sunday afternoon in England and in the UK where um, they had something, there was something still left to decide. It wasn't totally de- you know, predetermined uh, who was going to be the champion, who was going to get uh, relegated. And, th- th- you know, despite the fact that there would need a, um, an alien invasion or some type of zombie apocalypse for, you know, Arsenal not to get the third and final uh, Champions League slot, that still hadn't been totally clinched yet, you know? So, all at the same time, and I'm sitting there, Josh, and, and you're the king of watching multiple matches at the same time. <laughs> I was sitting there, Josh, was like, man, what am I going to watch? You know, I got because you got all these matches rolling up at uh, 930 in the morning Eastern here uh, and so forth. And this has been an unprecedented women's Super League season from the standpoint of competitiveness and just co- everything coming down to the wire and just the stars on all sorts of teams and, and uh, multiple storylines, right? Yeah, yeah. Look, it's been a it's been an amazing season. Um, certainly one of the best for a long time. One of the best that I can remember, just because of just how competitive it has been. Like you say, the last day of the season, the champions weren't uh, decided. I always thought it was going to be Chelsea, but um, it wasn't. It wasn't done. Uh, and obviously, the relegation battle was three teams could have gone down there on on the final mm-hmm. day of the season. So certainly the most entertaining WSL season in, in quite a long time and one that shows that the game's only going from strength to strength and uh, it's going to be, I would expect there's going to be another big transfer window uh, this summer. Mm-hmm. Obviously, COVID could have an impact with mm-hmm. finances and things. Uh, obviously, you'll have to wait and see, but I would expect it 
to be a pretty big transfer window with this new Sky deal as well, mm-hmm. um, with the money. So, um, yeah, it's been an absolutely incredible season, and let's hope for for more of it next season and for the game that continue to grow and grow and grow. Yeah, in setting, you know, and you know, setting the stage for what happened on Sunday. Let's set the stage. The stage was that you know Arsenal was sitting in third place, three points, uh, three points from, a, a, you know, uh, a, not a drift, but three points over Manchester United going into the final match, and Manchester United was playing. Um, Man, I'm getting losing my mind here. Who was Everton? Everton. Okay, I was getting mixed uh, up with City. All right, and then Arsenal was playing Aston Villa. All right. Yeah. So that's the setup. All right. Now, again, the way the point, the goal differential was, it would have taken Arsenal to lose, yeah. and then Manchester to Manchester United to win like twenty-seven to nothing uh, <laughs> in order to you know to overtake um, you know Arsenal for third. So, so pretty much Arsenal had third locked. Yeah. Uh, going into the into the into the Aston Villa uh, match, but you know uh, y- y- it's never done until you actually play out all the matches. And so forth. So Arsenal go, you know, goes into Meadow Park with Aston Villa. What what happened? Um, what happened there? <laughs> I thought Aston Villa obviously looked. It was nil nil, um, mm-hmm. but Aston Villa were very very well organised and were very well set up. It was just one of those sort of days for Arsenal. I mean, struggled to break Aston Villa down. They did have a few chances. Um, don't get me wrong, but. Um. Obviously, uh, if you obviously if, if people who are listening to it only listen to it the first time, I am a newspaper reporter on Arsenal Women for the Islington Gazette, and I have to do a match report every Saturday or every after every game. Um, Sunday was probably the toughest one of the season. <laughs> um, for that because oh, nothing really happened. It was dull, and it was just. Just felt like an end of season game, and Arsenal sort of already knew that they were in the, the Champions League. It was a really disappointing result. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. not gonna lie because look, it doesn't matter um, what game you play, preseason friendlies, whatever. You, you don't go out to to not win the game. So yeah, look, it was Arsenal were quite poor on, on on Sunday. I thought. I mean, like I say, they did have a few chances, but Aston Villa for a play, they, they needed a point. They they set up really well and, and they got the point to, to obviously survive in the WSL but yeah like it wasn't a good Arsenal performance and there's no sugarcoating it yeah I mean the the other um, the other thing that was at play for um, you know for Aston Villa was the fact that um, you know they they were in that relegation battle with Bristol City and they needed for Bristol City in order to to maintain being in the league what they needed was for Aston Villa to lose uh, yeah. was, was one of the things that needed to happen and I mean, Bristol City of course needed to win but but part of the bargain was Aston Villa losing uh, you know that situation uh, and so. So was it? Did it seem to you that that the way Aston Villa basically set up was to not lose? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, they that that that's what they did set up to do. It was just it, it was just defend and, and hope for the best, really. And that's no disrespect to them because that is exactly what happened. And to be fair, Stine, uh, Larson had a good chance at the start of the the, first, the second half, and then Emily Sims or Sims as well. Uh, she had a good mm-hmm. she. She drinks her way through and, and, and shot wide late on, but 
yeah, Aston Villa playing in the counter attack, but yeah, look, they were set up just don't lose the game, just be compact and frustrate Arsenal, and that's exactly what they did. Um, Arsenal were lackluster, they were lackadaisical, and okay, they had a few chances, like I say. Um, Leah Williamson uh, supplied the best ones for, for Viviana Miedema, and, and Kim Little had a good chance that was saved by Lisa Weiss, who she wasn't overworked, um, but when she had to be obviously called into action, she was there and and she was solid in, in, in Villa's goal, but Arsenal's intensity just really wasn't there on 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 Sunday. It was, I don't know, it was sort of it was sort of like a dead rubber game, if you know what I mean. It was sort of like it's the end of the season, and we've got Champions League. It just didn't flow. It, it just mm-hmm. didn't really click. Um, so yeah, look, like I say, it was a disappointing way to end what has been a frustrating season for Arsenal. Um, it's sort of been a disappointing one for Arsenal. Um, like I think, I think we have to say that. I think at the start of the season, mm-hmm. with the with the transfer window as well, and who they brought in, I think Arsenal were expected to be in a title challenge. Which again, this season, it's sort of been the kryptonite over the it's the same scenario over the mm-hmm. the past few seasons. The big games have, have cost them, and and that run in in, in February, you know. January February time, they lost to they lost to Chelsea, they lost to Man City, and they drew a Reading, and that ruled them out of the title. So, yeah, look, I mean, it has been a really frustrating season. The Champions League's there, which is which is great, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say they were lucky because you make your own luck, and and they, and they did go on a really good run towards the end of the season, but. Manchester United challenged them this season, and, and that was a big. And I think this is a big wake up call this season for Arsenal. I mean, this summer, obviously, we know that we're going to speak about it later, but um, this is Joe Montemurro's final game this coming weekend. I don't know who they've got planned in for the coaching role. Um, I know interviews are taking place right now, but this is a big, big decision, and this is an absolutely huge summer for Arsenal because Arsenal shouldn't be just competing for the Champions League, they should be competing for, you know, the league title, like their their success is said all. And this season, if you look at it, the Continental Cup, they didn't get out of the group stages. That was right. really disappointing. That was really yeah. disappointing. And a team like Arsenal should be competing into into the latter stages of that competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, the FA Cup is still ongoing and it won't be completed until next season. Um, but I think uh, going back to Sunday's game, it was just it was just a really really difficult game for for Arsenal to, to break down and there was a chance and I said this is I, I always thought Arsenal were going to I was watching it and saying yeah sure this is going to come but it just there was a chance with Jill Roard near the end sh- shot deflected wide and I just said to myself this is nil-nil and, and I resigned myself to this is nil-nil this, it's just one of those days and it's mm-hmm. not going in and did Aston Villa deserve a point? Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll say that they did deserve a point. They were really well set up and they frustrated Arsenal. I just didn't think Arsenal were, were good at all. And that's being brutal. Um, my player of the match on, on Sunday was Leah Williamson. I thought she was the best player on the pitch in terms of Arsenal couldn't unlock Aston Villa from the midfield. They couldn't play through them because they were so compact. It was it was like running into a Claret and Blue wall all the time. And Williamson, who has been an absolutely has had another outstanding season, um, she was playing those balls over the top, and that did cause a few problems for Aston Villa, and that created a few chances for for Miedema and, and Kim Little, uh, especially. Um, 
both ends. She done her defensive duties really well as uh, as well. Um, she was the player that really stood out to me on Sunday. Uh, there was a few players I just didn't really think were in the game. Um, but yeah, like I say, it just felt like a typical end of season game, and and they knew that they knew going into the game, Arsenal at a point was going to be fine. Obviously, they wanted to win it, but. Yeah, just didn't do enough to win it. And fair play to Aston Villa, they survived in the, in the WSL. And when you look at the performance, yeah, they hundred percent deserved the point. It's interesting that that um, you know that, that it, it was frustrating, but but you know what made it seem like to me that it was going to be a nil nil was the fact that fourth minute Joe Roard shot saved, then yeah. Vivian Minima in the nineteenth minute on her left foot saved half volley by Vivian Minima. Right on her right foot, five feet out, saved. Then yeah, Kim Little, seventeen that, minutes that was... later, saved. I mean, so I mean, so Lisa Weiss had four yeah. saves in the first thirty-six minutes of the match, and you're thinking, nah, I don't. This might be impenetrable, almost. <laughs> yeah, that that one from from me to my when 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 Beth Mead played her in one on one, you're just expecting the the mm-hmm. see to see the, the the net ripple and. She just didn't connect with it, and yeah, look, I think that that sort of summed up Arsenal's performance on, on Sunday afternoon yeah. as, as, a, as a whole. Yeah, I, I my thought process was like, well, if Vivian Miedema is not going to make <laughs> get the ball in the back of the net on that that set of uh, action right there, then I don't think anyone's going to get anything, uh, and and so forth. And sure enough, you know, and then a minute later, you know, Jordan Nobbs' shot gets blocked. Yeah. Uh, Kim Little's shot goes off target, um, yeah. you know, and then, you know, it's just, it's all over the place in terms of that. And, you know, and then Arsenal had multiple opportunities and at least multiple shots in the second half. They had way more shots in the second half and so forth. But you in looking at it, uh, they were either blocked or it was shot wide or yeah. off target or, you know, and so forth. And I mean, Aston Villa, I think what happened was like they – they got a dose of some type of injection, uh, you know, during, you know, by, by, you know, by Lisa Weiss just kind of gave them everyone the injection. Like, Hey, wait a minute. We, we're going to, we're going to stay up. <laughs> we're yeah. we're going to not lose this match. Uh, yeah. And so forth. So somebody, you know, somebody on Aston Villa needed to step up. I mean, you know, and it's been really a struggle for them and they, they've been on free fall mode, um, you know, all the way up until, you know, on Sunday. Um, and uh, that's why I was, I mean, I was thinking Bristol has a bloody chance. I mean, you know, they got a bloody chance yeah. to, to survive because, you know, they, you know, it's not, you know, Aston Bill's playing Arsenal. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I, we, we said last week that we expected Arsenal to batter them, um, yeah. you know, and, um, it, you know, but Lisa Weiss didn't said no, and Arsenal <laughs> kind of didn't show up, so. Yeah, uh, uh, Arsenal didn't show up at all, um, yeah. and, and like you say, fair play to Arsenal, they, they, they got it right, and they got it right on the day, they were they were well set up, they were well organised, and, and they were most importantly disciplined, they didn't go into rash tackles. Um, they, they they won their battles and and yeah, full respect to them and yeah, it's a shame to see Bristol City go down, but that's that's how it works. Yeah, I mean Arsenal had eight hundred and eighty three touches, three hundred and sixty two, yeah. seventeen crosses, eleven corners, um, but Aston Villa had thirty five tackles, twenty five interceptions, thirty seven clearances. Um, you know. 
yeah. So they just Aston Villa played just solid defense against a team that yeah. already knew that they were going to be in third. Um, you know, to be honest, you know, at, at the end of it, which is yeah. which is really uh, I, I that from if I were a fan of Arsenal and I, and I hear it in your voice, Josh, that that I, I would be disappointed in my team. You know, yeah, I, I, you know, and be like, oh, come on, you know, let's let's. You know, you go out to win the game, you know, as, as the great American American football coach Herman Edwards said, you you know, you play yeah, to win yeah. the game, it, you know, and, and Arsenal kind of came in to maybe draw, you know, I, I mean, um, yeah, I know Lisa Vice stood on her head the first 35 minutes, <laughs> but after that, she wasn't bothered. Um, yeah. But then if you look at, the, but if you, if you didn't look at the score and you just look at the stats, you would you would say that Arsenal should have won five nil. Yeah, seventy nine percent possession, six hundred and thirty nine completed passes to one hundred and three. Um, you know, five shots on target, nineteen shots total to two. <laughs> you know, two shots. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, but it just you know it just didn't have all those chances and not connecting their xg. Arsenal's xg was two point two. Um, they just didn't connect, and that, that's part and parcel of the season in a, in a nutshell, in some cases where yeah. just not being able to, to, to take their chances as, as they say, uh, I know, I know soccer, fo- football aficionados like to say, take their chances. I say converting your opportunities and, yeah. um, and Arsenal just didn't, didn't convert their opportunities um, and so forth. So at the end of the day, though, um, you know, sadly for Arsenal fans, Vivian Miedema does not win the golden boot um, nope. at the end. Um, ends up going to Sam Kerr. Well-deserved, by the way. Yeah, you know, scoring 21 goals in 22 games. Uh, so, you know, that's, you know, top-notch and so forth. But uh, nothing to take away from Vivian Miedema's season either. You know, very strong season for her um, and so forth. So... Uh, not much else really to say about Aston Villa, but Aston Villa survives. They they get to stay on. Uh, Leicester yeah. takes the place of Bristol City. Um, and in this odd setup that we got going on with the FA Cup, the round of 16 uh, is going to be played next weekend. Arsenal has Crystal Palace um, and so forth. So what are your thoughts going into that game? That's going to be Joe Montemero's, uh your last game in charge for Arsenal. And and, and, and how, how are you thinking about that coming up? Um, I think Crystal Palace will play very much similar to what um, Arsenal Villa did on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I think they'll come okay. defend or set up and, and then try to hit Arsenal on the, on the counter-attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, Look, there's, there's no, there's, there's no excuses. Arsenal have to win this game of football on Sunday. They, they, they have to win it. Um, and obviously, with Joe Montemarro's last game, the, the motivation will, will be there. You know, go out in a high, and and, and go through in the competition. But mm-hmm. uh, you can't take it for granted. You know, you need to go out and and, and put a professional performance in. And uh, I expect Arsenal to do that. The, the team will be interesting this weekend. Um, I certainly think we'll see some changes in the team. A few players will be playing their last matches as well um, mm-hmm. for, for Arsenal. Um, obviously, Malin Good, who is homesick, and she looks like she's going back to Grasshopper. So I would start her for for this game, not just for the sentimental value, but I just think that Arsenal are will be good enough with her and the team anyway to win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So 
obviously there's going to be a few players out. Jennifer Beatty, she's undergone uh, successful back surgery. So she's missed quite a lot of the second half of the season. So she'll be out um, of the game. So, yeah, um, there is a, it'll be a very, very interesting battle um, on Sunday. But I, like, I fully expect Arsenal to, to be professional and, and get the job done. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we you ju- you were talking earlier about you know Arsenal, you know Arsenal's expectations, you know the club's expectations yeah. in terms of, of performance, uh, you know, by the side, and uh, you know that that you know this is a club, and as I've said many many times on this podcast, that they are the most you know they are the most decorated side in women's football in England, and yeah. so, but you know. You know, but right now there's been kind of a shift in sort of in, in terms of you know who's at the top. You know, when Chelsea yeah. and Manchester City are the are the two top teams, and from I'm not saying from a talent standpoint, but from from the result standpoint, there was a significant gap between you know the top two and Arsenal. But there isn't wasn't one necessary as much on the t- on the talent end. You know, Arsenal has has the talent. You know, um, you know, one could question how deep the team is, uh, but at the yeah. end of the day, you know, this is a squad that that you know probably, as you mentioned, and we're going to do a whole special show to break down the whole season. You know, a couple of weeks yeah. from now, now to really break everything down, but to kind of preview that, this is I, you know, and, and you've suggested it, and I agree that this is a squad that that really should have been competing with the other t- with city and Chelsea. Um, yeah, and, and it, so it's really it, important to, to put a, put in a result here, obviously. Um, now crystal palace is, is, you know, is not in the same league literally as Aston Villa. Um, so, um, but yeah. I would, um, but still uh, it, it really, I, I, I see this potentially going one of two ways. You know, I, I see this one of two ways because, you know, because I wonder with all the changes that are coming up, this is Montemero's last match. Then we got players leaving uh, and so yeah. forth. We'll talk about one particular key one in a minute. But, you know, I see I see a potentially a situation where Arsenal comes in and mentally have checked out for the season against a, even lesser side than Aston Villa, or I see a, a, a side that says, you know what, we're going to put a Stanford thing. Let's send out Joe in style. Let's send out our, our players are going away in style and let's, you know, let's move this club into the next round, even though some of us are not going to be at the next round, which is what I hate about the, this FA setup is yeah. you have a totally reconfigured team uh, in the quarterfinals and beyond. Uh, and so forth. I mean, you think it's going to fall on the side that you, we're going to have a team that's going to want to put a stamp, a good stamp on the end of the season? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, like I say, that there's no really extra motivation needed. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Joe's last game in charge. So mm-hmm. uh, you want to go out on a high and, and put in professional performance. But obviously, Crystal Palace are going to want to spoil the party. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, like I think Arsenal will, will certainly be. Motivated for it. This is the last game of of the season. This is the last game until well, we've got Champions League qualification in in August, so uh, this is the last game until August. So, yeah, I think they want to definitely go out and put in a real performance and just uh, to make a statement as well, sort of ahead of next season. Um, even though there will be a lot of change at Arsenal this summer, mm-hmm. um, 
So yeah, um, yeah. Look, uh, I'll be very surprised if Arsenal don't come out and, and, and win this comfortably. Um, mm-hmm. But then again, I expected them to come out and win comfortably against Aston Villa, which didn't happen. Um, but yeah, look, oh, there's no ifs, buts, maybe Arsenal have to win this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they truly do uh, on you know, on so many different levels, uh, you know levels, and I you know I do expect them to win. Um, you know the question will be by how much and what kind of performance they're going to put on, uh, you know, to get through to, to the to the the quarterfinals. What do you think about the FA Cup format? Um, I see why the see why it has has happened, but I'm sort of mixed with it because. Like you said, there's this team now, and then come the quarterfinal, you can have a whole different squad. You can strengthen, yep, um, or you can weaken. Right. Really, um, so I understand that there has been a lot of games this year, and I understand there is a, a, a an Olympics in the, in the summer. But I think with the WSL finishing now, I think this tournament could have been finished. In May or June, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I don't really see the need for it to go on to next season. But there we go. That's how it is. I don't make the rules. <laughs> right. So, so yeah. Look, I, I think it's quite unnecessary. That I think it's a bit silly that the twenty twenty one FA Cup final will be in October November time. I just right. I don't really see the point. To be fair, though, an advantage is. I hope there'll be fans mm-hmm. that the fa- right. the fans will be back because look most of the UK hopefully by that time will be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, look that would be great to have fans back, and I and I completely understand that. But I, I just think it, ha- it has been a really condensed season. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I'm, I'm, for the Irish Cup final in Northern Ireland, mm-hmm. we're playing it in sort of. The league is still on in Northern Ireland, uh, but the the Irish Cup is actually as we record it, it's tonight, it's today. Um, so the this is the, the the last sixteen is today, and then no, sorry, the quarterfinal today, and then at the not this weekend, but next weekend it's the semi, and then the final is in the middle of May. Uh, and I feel that that the, the women's FA Cup could have could have been finished. Could could have done the same. It could have been finished, even if it means playing midweek games. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. right now there's there's no fans anyway at the minute. There will be for the last two games of the Premier League, of course, which would be great because fans could have got into the Women's FA Cup games. Yep. But yeah, look, I think it should have been finished now. I don't really think it needed to be prolonged. But there we go. It, it is, and and that's just how this this how it is. Yeah, I mean the only yeah I think you mentioned the one potentially big advantage. And when I was talking with Emma in regards to Manchester city, you know, uh, they're, you know, they're the defending FA cup holders. Um, you know, she was talking about, you know, um, you know, very eloquently and, and a lot of people do about going to Wembley and being able to go to Wembley. If, you yeah. know, if there's the opportunity to go to a, go to Wembley for a final, uh, you know, in the fall, you know, uh, and having fans there and, you know, having a, a day out, um, yeah. you know, it, that there's the advantage there, but it, you know, um, and the FA cup is, is still a very prestigious, you know, domestic competition, uh, as well, despite what, despite some of the arguments you see on the men's side, um, you know, in regards yeah. to that. But, um, so you mentioned that, you know, we, we, we've talked about Joe Montemero, 
Uh, this is, you know, his last game is coming up. Uh, you mentioned that interviews are happening. Yeah. And have you had any further, I, I'm, I'm, is there any type of rumor mill about who's being interviewed or, or any leading candidates from, from last week? Honestly, nobody knows. It, <laughs> is, okay. It's, it, it's, it's, there's just nothing. Like there's, there's, there's nothing out of the club and there's, no updates or not nothing. Um, and there's, and, and this is what I mean. It's it's different to the men's game because, if, yeah, if, a lot you know different. I mean? like, <laughs> yeah. So if, if if someone was Arteta got sacked, um, say he got sacked, you certainly hear of potential replacements. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they're but, already talking about Arteta replacements before he even gets. Well, absolutely, absolutely yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But there's just nothing like that in the in the women's game. I mean, the the only one that has sort of been tipped. I always, like I've said before, I I had all my eggs in, in the one basket. Jane Nullo, Jane Nullo was 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 Arsenal manager for me, and then she took up the role as the technical director at Manchester City. And I thought, I have no idea. Carla Ward is sort of mm-hmm. it's it, it's been linked, but I was I don't know. Like I don't know how true that is. Um, I really don't know, Keith. Uh, I, I've no idea who, who's going to get the job. Uh, nobody knows. It's 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 a. Well, hopefully, we, hopefully we will uh, soon find out because this is a big summer for Arsenal, and yeah. the sooner that a new coach comes in, is for the better. We might hear after Sunday. Obviously, Joe's last game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't expect it to be announced before Sunday. That would, um, little, be, that would be a little tasteless. Yeah, so <laughs> that happened. Maybe next. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know when it's going to be announced, and I haven't. I haven't even heard of, of any candidates for it. It could be a big surprise. For, it will be a big surprise for everybody because I don't really know who's out there right now. It's certainly not going to be Stephen Lurch from mm-hmm. Wolfsburg because he's taking up yeah. a job at, at Hoffenheim in the men's setup of the youth team. And then it's obviously not going to be Jane Ludlow, and they were the two two names that sort of came out first. But it's not going to be them. So I don't know. I, I, I really don't know who it's going to be. Yeah, um, you know, and I, you know, I'm kind of glad, honestly, Josh, that we that we don't know um, because you know the, the rumor mills and the in the leaks of information and stuff like that you know speaks to uh, you know speaks to sides in my opinion speaks to the clubs that don't have their house in order you know it's like yeah. clubs that are not run well you know they have so many leaks about what's going on inside that it's ridiculous, you know? Yeah. And I think to me, that's a sign that clubs not run well. Um, you know, some will say that's a sign of their popularity. And I'm like, well, not really, because if the clubs run well, they handle everything internally and they handle everything in house and nothing gets leaked because everything, they handle it professionally. So hopefully this is a, a well thought out, you know, methodical process where no one's rushing into it though. There is a timetable. It needs to be, planned out i mean it needs to happen soon but it doesn't need to be rushed you know they can take their time a little bit you know interview the right people you know and stuff like that and, and come up with a good hire because this is a prestigious job a very prestigious job uh that a lot of people i think would want to have um i'm sure there is not a uh, a, a drought of you know people you know putting in their cv saying hey you know 
talk to me about this uh, and so forth. So, um, so talking about the summer, it's a big summer. And today I, I was scrolling through my IG and I saw somebody named Jill Roard holding up a Wolfsburg shirt. What, yeah. what happened? She going to, she going to Wolfsburg now? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, she signed for Wolfsburg out of next season, which isn't a really big surprise to be honest. Um, okay. Her, her, her former, um, our FC Twenty coach is the new manager or the new coach at Wolfsburg, uh, uh, Tommy Stroot. So had a big impact in Jill's career, um, and I think it's a great move for her. I really do. Um, I'm not really surprised that she's leaving Arsenal. To be honest, a player who, and don't get me wrong, I think she's done well, and I think that she's been she has been good for Arsenal, but I don't think she hit. Her maximum talent, and I think a, a, a move away was better for her as a player in her career. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Bundesliga for suits her better than what it does in the in, in the WSL. And yeah, look, I totally understand the move. I think it's a great move for Jill. I think it's a good move for Arsenal because it allows someone to come in, and that someone is already signed. It's done. Um, so yeah, look. We will be. It's going to be a very interesting summer, like I said at Arsenal. Jill won't be the last one going. There is expected to be a few more going. Um, mm-hmm. Malin Good is probably looks like she's going to be one of those. She's homesick and doesn't look like Arsenal can do much really to convince her. And there's two more who look like they're going out, and I, I'm not sure who they are. But Leonie Meyer, sort of strike. I don't know this information, but. Leonie Meyer strikes me as one of those who will also go because her she, her game time has sort of been messed around and she's a full German international and she needs to be playing football. And the other one, I don't know. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a big summer at Arsenal in terms of turnover of players, a new coach. Um, but yeah, look, Jill, going back to Jill, I, I'm disappointed Jill's gone because I like Jill. Um, but I just felt that it was a best move for her and it was a good move for Arsenal as well because it allows someone to come in. Like I say, the deal's already done for that player, uh, it seems. So, Roard, I wish all the best at, at Wolfsburg. Um, I think it's a great asset for them because she's still young as well and I think for her, for her career, it, it, it benefits it. Yeah, it, she was a solid player for Arsenal, but it, but the move does make sense uh, for all sides, for for all parties involved, uh, and so forth. So uh, you know, so the best for her, you know, moving forward there. But it does, you know, start the dominoes um, of you know the changing of, of the changing of the squad, and and, and Arsenal is not the only club that's going to have you know no. a lot of changes, uh, you know, in the season. Um, you know, so, uh, so it's, you know, it's not like, you know, like I said, I mean, you know, each team, each of the big sides have big summers ahead for different reasons and for different, you know, Arsenal's particularly though is bigger mainly from their status, but also, you know, having to replace their manager, you know, um, and the question marks about some of their top players, um, you know, and, and contract issues and things like that potentially moving up, but uh, we'll see what happens. It's going to be very interesting, but, it, but what is sure is, is that, you know, it's going to be a com- almost com- 
potentially almost a completely reconfigure team, uh, you know, yes. come August um, and so forth. So, Josh, explain to us if you if you can answer this question. Um, how is the you know how is the the Champions League qualification set up? Arsenal is going to be in championship Champions League qualification. How does that work? Yeah, so they're going to qual- well, qualifiers start in, in August. So there's going to be, I think it's a, a two rounds of, of qualification period. So mm-hmm. the first round, Arsenal are going to get a team that they really should be beaten. Uh, and no disrespect to any other side, but it looks like it's going to be a, a weaker team. Mm-hmm. And then if they get through, they could be drawn against uh, the runners-up of Germany, the runners-up of France. So there is a potential for in that second round of qualifying, even before the group stage, that Arsenal could be hit with a, a big, big team. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it was right now in the in the Bundesliga front, you know, that hasn't been decided yet between Bayern and Wolfsburg. No, because we right, know about right, that. Right. It, it could be a jail road return to Meadow Park instantly, couldn't it? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it's so the qualification. There's obviously neutral venues for the uh, for, for the qualification games, um, and then obviously yeah, the second round is uh, it could, you could get a you could get a big gun in there, um, could get a very very hard team. So yeah, two rounds of qualification before the group stage even begins. Yeah. Um, it's, it's certainly interesting format. It's an exciting format with more teams being involved and, and so forth. So it's another sign of the of the growth of the you know growth of the sport um, and it so is, forth yeah. forward. Yeah, it is. And I, I think next year Arsenal. Let's hope they get into the group stage, um, and they really should be doing that. But quarterfinals would be great for the Champions League next year for Arsenal. That would be. Mm-hmm. That would be fantastic. Semi-finals, I'd be absolutely, oh, I'd be over the moon with. But I think next year Arsenal should be realistically looking at a, a Champions League quarterfinal. I think that would be the, uh, if you're drawing up checklists for next season, I think title challenge comes with itself. Mm-hmm. Cup domestic a domestic cup as far as you go comes with itself, mm-hmm. and I think Champions League quarterfinal would be a good achievement. I think a semi-final would be an incredible achievement for Arsenal. But like I say, it's very hard to talk about Arsenal at the minute because uh, I think everything is sort of going to depend on who's in the dugout next season. Yeah. And we don't know who that is yet. Yeah, so exactly. that's, uh, I think once we find out who that is and then once sort of the, the, win- the chance window gets going and there's going to be like a shuffling of cards this year. Then we're going to find out just just really what is the expectations from Arsenal this year, and just really what what happens with them. Yeah, I mean, it really is extremely difficult at this point to even look at what clubs' expectations really should be when, uh, especially for Arsenal, particularly, but for for anybody, uh, because we don't know what's going to bring. I mean, because you know, interestingly enough, I mean, who knows what you, what's going to happen at United? Is are they going to who they're going to keep? Who's going to go from them? Uh, they they have a huge summer ahead. Uh, you know, I think some of the Americans, if not all of them, are going to eventually leave. 
um, or going somewhere else. I'm not sure any of them are going to stay. The NWSL is starting next, you know, next week, and there are signs that many of them want to return to the NWSL. Um, you know, for example, there's a rumor that Rose Lavelle may go to Leon, which I'm not sure that's going to happen, but it, it is out there. Um, you know, so conversations are going to need to happen, for example. And, and so uh, it's really hard to say, um, you know, uh, moving forward. Um, but the cool thing is, is that Arsenal has uh, has their is in a good position. They're in a good they are a strong pedigree. They're a club that people will want to play for. Uh, you know, I think, um, I believe, um, you know, it's a, it's a good, you know, if you get to play for Arsenal as a women's player, you know, it's top notch. Um, so we'll see. It's going to be interesting. No, it certainly is. It's, it's, it's certainly a, a big, big, uh, summer ahead. And then obviously the turnaround for the Olympics, I would expect a few Arsenal players to obviously go to the Olympics, um, mm-hmm. in the summer, um, in the Netherlands and, and Team GB and Australia, so you know yep. you're not getting much rest over the summer either. So it's uh, especially with the Champions League qualifiers. So yeah, um, and the new coach won't actually have all that much time to work with the players ahead of those qualifiers. So yeah, look, it's going to be a really really interesting summer. It's a, it's a big big summer ahead, and uh, certainly Arsenal's biggest summer in terms of women's football in, in, in quite some time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And on that note, we will close it. We will close this out, Josh. Thank you so much. We will talk no to you next week uh, after uh, hopefully for you, for Arsenal fans sake, hopefully win over Crystal Palace and move on to the quarterfinals yeah. of the FA Cup. Um, and so forth. We'll have something much better to talk about than, than this Aston Villa this demonstration. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, so. Uh, so thank you again, Josh. Oh, I wanted to ask you, uh, where is Ainslington? Oh, it's it's in North London. Okay, gotcha. Actually, okay, cool. actually, if there's any Arsenal fans, I'm just going to, to shout this out. Yeah, go ahead. Um, if there's any Arsenal fans that are listening, and the Islington Gazette is, we're doing our, our Arsenal Women's um, Football Awards for the season. Um, the vote closes, um, very, uh, closes tomorrow. So if you go over to Punting Football on Twitter, uh, I've set out a few questions there, and you can vote for the player of the season and, and young player and whatever. Uh, there's a there's a few polls there, so if you want to go and vote for this, there's an Arsenal Women's Player of the Season awards. Then you can go over to my Twitter at Bunting Football, uh, and you'll see them all the questions laid out there. So yeah, it would be appreciated if there was any Arsenal fans that wanted to go and do that. Very brilliant shout out, Josh. Thank you so much um, and so forth. Um, and so we are going to close. Uh, this is not going to be, hopefully not be the last show of the week. We are looking to build a Champions League final special coming up later in the week here on this video and uh, video cast podcast. Thank you so much for watching the video. Smash a like on the video on YouTube. That really helps me out. Also share the video, share the podcast. If you do not want to look at Josh's beautiful face or mine, <laughs> uh, you know, um, then you can listen to us on all the podcast platforms and just listen to us. Our voices, I'm sure, sound absolutely wonderful uh, over a cup of coffee or, or a <laughs> pint. Um, so uh, go with it. Uh, thank you so much for watching and listening. And remember, y'all out there, that the light is out there. Please acknowledge it. Please know that it's there, but also acknowledge. Unfortunately, the darkness is out there as well. We see it all the time. 
please do not let the darkness hug you under any circumstances or even come close for that matter. Now, if it does, if it comes close, get get assistance for yourself, help yourself, take care of yourself, take care of those around you, everyone take care of each other. We're going to shut this down for today and we will see you in a few days, hopefully, when we talk about Chelsea and Barcelona in the final. Have a good one. Thank you so much.